In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Get it, who get it? I think we're recording right now. Sorry. Hello and welcome to Shit Show. <laughs> it's amazing that I run the board, so I know exactly when we're going to start recording and you've been just sick for the last two minutes. Anyway. I'm always in the dark here. <laughs> it's the best. It is a pleasure to be uh, back in the studio behind the mic with you, Rig. It is always a pleasure. We're back. We haven't been cancelled because it's physically impossible because we're doing this from the titular war zone uh, <laughs> that you call your garage. Look. We're running on the smell of an oily rag, funding-wise, and uh, luckily my garage is full of oily rags and stinks, <laughs> so we are rich in the terms of podcasts. Mm, rich with character and chloroform, this mm. room. Yep, uh, except side effects. Uh, mm. They're coming thick and fast. Anyway, welcome to, welcome to Shit Show. If it's your first time listening, this is the uh, weekly podcast where we bring you uh, examples through history and current affairs where... Despite best-made plans, man's inventions, events, desires, and thoughts have just come really off the rails. It's <laughs> a fantastic way to put it. Anyway, so we're going to dive straight into it because we know that your time is precious and our time uh, costs us nothing. Uh, so we're going to go straight into Trainwreck Trophy. So Rig is going to be reading the segments this week. Uh, we bring you a couple little tidbits at the start of the show and uh, then I'll be presenting um, the Shit Show Storytime, which is a slightly larger uh, train wreck uh, example. Mm. It's a mm. it's a main course uh, after the the delicious to my entrees. several entrees. It's <laughs> like forty entrees. Mm. We're we're like the uh, the fat guy that can't make up their mind. I'll take one of every entree. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> load me up. So train wreck trophy uh, is uh, every week. Person doing the segments types train wreck into Google, and uh, we have a look at what the best examples of train wrecks from around the world in news articles are. And Rig, this week you have uh, three for us. What do you got? Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Trophy. trophy. Yeah, mate. Uh, so I've I've thrown it into the Google machine, and and it's it's spat out a a good three this week. Uh, so the first up. Uh, contender for the Trainwreck Trophy is a woman by the name of Chloe Latanzi. Mm. Do you know... Does that name ring any bells for you? Do you think you should know who that person is? Oh, it's... I feel I feel like I I might need to know uh, who that is. Is, is she in... Are we playing 20 questions? Is she... Is it a woman? That... <laughs> Let's start really Chloe, Chloe's traditionally a woman's name. I'm, I'm not just gonna, any... I'm, I'm going to cut all of your questions because the first one was so bad. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Chloe Latanzi uh, is is otherwise better known as Olivia Newton-John's daughter. I knew that I didn't know her. Yeah, so, and no one else does, <laughs> yeah. uh, beside from that tidbit that I shared with it's you just now. Not even Olivia Newton-John does. This no. is the first time she's learning about her daughter. <laughs> she, she, well, didn't she, like, lose a husband? Like, to he just yeah. disappeared? Yeah. Uh, look, Harold Holt disappeared, and uh, and let's just say that he and Olivia Newton-John's husband are living it up in, uh, in Mallorca somewhere. with ja Rule still, style. With the still-alive Christopher Skase. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so the reason why I bring her up is for some reason uh, she's gotten onto the, the morning show, the, the, the sparkling example of jur- to fame <laughs> journalism that we have, <laughs> uh, that we have uh, hosted by Larry Emder and, and Kylie Gillies. Mm. Uh, so she's being interviewed uh, for her new, and I'm going to say this slowly so you can absorb everything that I'm telling you right now. Her Good, new, I am dumb. Her new equestrian-based clothing line. <laughs> um, hold on, Rick. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Uh, that's you right why there. I said it slowly. Is it clothing for horses or no. clothing that people who enjoy horses are to wear? I mean, look, not Catherine the Great enjoying horses, no. uh, but in terms that's a, of that's a, that's a tough crotchal exercise. But... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's more of the 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 person who likes to ride horses. Uh, would wear said clothes. Because I was really excited that she was doing clothing for horses. No. And that uh, would have been an absolute train wreck. Still got my fingers crossed for those horse slacks. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be great. But why equestrian-based? Who the hell knows? Uh, But she's on the TV, and how do I say this? Uh, Her... Girls are on show. Oh, that's we have we have to edit that. Surely, I I, I don't know how to say it. 
I apologize to everyone offended no, no, by no, this comment. No, no, no. Now that's not a, look. That's not a bad thing. It was. I was just trying to. I was trying to give it the PG rated uh, treatment that it kind of deserves. It's not a bad thing. Every woman has the right to display her body however yeah. she sees fit. Uh, Run me to rant about iTunes the, censorship no, later. <laughs> the reason I brought it up. Uh, was because host Kylie Gillies was like, you wouldn't wear that sort of thing like riding around though, would you? Oh, that's so uh, much worse than what you said. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like, way worse. I'm literally uh, Mother Teresa <laughs> uh, in comparison. Um, so she says that to her and her response is, it's a misconception. They sort of started off riding, but now it's a contemporary high-end women's fashion line. We have leggings, dresses, vests, shirts... So equestrian is not really horse-based. Let me say that again. Equestrian, it's not really horse-based. Yeah, I'm going to stop it right there. It's actually very horse-based. I'd say it's all horse-based. Webster's Dictionary defines the adjective (laughs) equestrian as relating to horse riding. What the actual shit do you mean it's not horse-based? Oh, saying, saying it's not horse-based is like saying swimming is not water-based. It, n- not always. Have you seen the Rio pool? Since the, <laughs> we should discuss that as well. Saying, saying it's not horse-based is like saying salami is not horse-based. <laughs> Everyone knows it is. And the fact that you would think any different blows my mind. Like... Anyway, the the reason why this picked up so much traction in the media is because the Australian media hang, hang on to dear life uh, when an apparent train wreck happens, uh, which is why we had this segment. Yeah. Uh, the reason this article was published, though, was because at one point, Larry Emder, when referring to the revealing garb that the guest is wearing, uh, says, what you're wearing right now is like you've ridden through the ranges all day and you get off and you're having a little doodah by the campfire. That's more of that sort of outfit. So Latanzi then mistakenly thinks that Duda means doobie, uh, oh, no, and they no, all have a no. great old laugh, oh. uh, leading news.com.au to call it a train wreck. Yep. Uh, I'm flipping this train wreck, though, because I don't think Latanzi should be skewered for not knowing what Duda is. How, my, like, who the hell uses that sort of antiquated bloody word, Duda? I can't remember. It's so it's a, it's antiquated. A, it's a price I is to, right word. I had to look it up. And I'm pushing 30. Yeah. I had no idea what I'm, he was going on. It was, oh, you're having a little doodah by the campfire. I'm like, yeah. what the hell does that mean? True. but Is, it, that, it, is, that, is, that, is that like in the Smurfs? We're like, we went down, we smurfed by the campfire. Like, yeah. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Smur- I mean? Smurfs are a great adjective. Um, but to be fair, 5,000 years ago, uh, you'd be dead. Yeah. You'd be, way, you'd be, you'd be dead by now. So yeah. I, I think age is... Uh, let's not bring I, age I, into I, it. I can't wait for a historian to go back about early man <laughs> and be like uh, basically what we think is he came back from the hunt uh, had a little bit of a doodah by the campfire <laughs> and crawled up and died uh, yeah and then dragged it by hair into the cave um, um, so so that's that's the first train wreck and so and so that's it uh, Larry the price is wrong bitch yeah. so yeah. That, that's he just what I'm saying that. about that the second one I love this the one the only. Tracy Grimshaw, come oh. on down. I'm oh. still on the prices right. I was really hoping that was going to be another Trump reference. Shit, you've got to have brass balls and nerves of steels. Uh, nerves of steels? Nerves of steel to host a show like A Current Affair. Yeah. Uh, as long as Tracy has. Being host of a show that, that vacillates between the hot button issues of saving $3 on your groceries mm. uh, all the way... Shady to, con men. To, to a yeah, con man landlord that is charging ridiculous rent to a pensioner in suburban Brisbane. Yeah, it, it, it uh, turns, out, turns out they're not charging um, uh, ridiculous rent because uh, not hiking the rent for 47 years should yeah. be applauded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, look, it must be grating. And, and usually it's all pre-recorded uh, until suddenly it isn't. So there was a big royal announcement recently that I think you would have heard of. Yeah. Uh, Classic train wreck. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everyone, including that, uh, that dodgy landlord extorting pensioners, uh, heard. Even the pensioner. Uh, Prince, Philip, uh, Philip? Prince Philip stepped down from public life. Yeah. Uh, he was he was a huge part of my life, and I'm uh, I'm glad that this is being brought up on the show. Because We're talking about the dodgy landlord. So this is Prince Philip. I feel like Prince Philip is everybody's dodgy landlord that's just stepped out. He's everyone's dodgy grandfather with oh, antiquated views. Just, he uses words like doodah. Yeah, yeah. He's he, he's effectively old Larry Emder. Anyway, these blacks have their little doodah by the campfire. <laughs> oh, no. Classic Prince Philip. Yeah, he's a pretty full-blown racist. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, we know now. 
at, we know now at this time that that was the big royal announcement, but uh, it was fever pitch for every media outlet at the time. Uh, they thought the Queen was going to abdicate or she was sick or she had to return to her home planet. Uh, unfortunately, when the media got wind of this uh, in Australia, it was at that unfortunate time slot between 6.30 and 7pm. Uh <laughs> Which which meant which meant good old Grimmers had to stand up and do some live TV. Now, what happens in in a slow motion train, train wreck that starts off uh, with a correspondent in London confessing that he doesn't know anything uh, at that time is that just, so, just doesn't know anything. Yeah, he doesn't know anything uh, as most people didn't. Suddenly, Grimmers uh, gets a feed through her ear from a producer. I don't know if you've ever seen someone working in a bar, if you ever want to hit an earpiece before, yeah. but it's like, you, you look like an idiot, Yeah. Uh, but this is on live TV. You look, you look like an idiot because you literally stop what you're doing. And this used to happen with me at the bar. I'd be like, well, actually, madam, if you... And then just, I just stop and you stare into space. You can't talk and listen at the you same time. You can't talk and listen. We aren't multitasking beings. That, that, that's always the case, That's right? why they pay but news she, reporters the big bucks. Yeah, but she's she's doing this on live TV. So she's got that wide-eyed stare, just vacantly staring into the void. Ripping TV. Like, yeah, like listening to what a producer is saying. Uh, so she's getting this feed. Uh, the wide-eyed silence is so palpable. It's like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, there's nothing in there, right? Uh, and she then proceeds to say that the Queen is stepping down from public life. Mm. Uh, the following mm. is how she delivers the info. This is the this is the this is the uh, the, the verbal transaction. The verbatim. Yeah, b- between her and the correspondent, Grimshaw. There has been an announcement that the Queen is stepping down from public life, and that is very significant. Correspondent, uh... <laughs> Grimshaw, somebody's in my ear. Have we got confirmation of that or is that speculation? Correspondent, uh, Grimshaw, interrupting. We've got confirmation. Oh, no. <laughs> this was the worst week to get work experience, kid. in. The reporter tries to correct her, but it's useless. The, she then uh, wildly stares around the room before saying, Prince Philip is stepping down from public life. Both. Like they it's, both it's a are. question. I'm Ron Burgundy. Like, it's just, it's so weird. It's just so painfully awkward. Uh, it just made for cringe TV, but um, I'm giving that uh, the big thumbs up for the train wreck trophy for this week uh, for Grimmers. And uh, which brings us to the third uh, of the train wrecks. It's a very famous train wreck this week. Oh, great. Is this train wreck from history or are we, uh, we're running current? No, no, we're running current. Okay. That, is, that, that definitely is the premise that you outlined at the start of this. Yeah, I didn't know whether you were just, uh, just changing this up early in the, in the season. Absolutely not. Uh, it comes courtesy of one Mr. Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, yes. It's been a while since Johnny, there's totally not a gun to my head apology uh, mm, to Barnaby, Barnaby Joyce. Joyce. Uh, but right before his new Pirates of the Caribbean movie comes out... Uh, Crew that worked on the film have come out and said that uh, he was a train wreck on set, uh, which is what triggered our very sophisticated way of finding these uh, stories. <laughs> he was just flog a keyword into Google. Absolutely, he was apparently late to call on set and was drinking heavily. Though, to be fair, uh, I assume that that's just method acting your way to Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Uh, if it was in theatre, uh, then and he was playing Jack Sparrow. There's yeah. no chance that he would not be drunk the entire time. It's not like That's the way know, you do it. Is it the other version of like, you know, the rock in pain and gain is just like, well, my character's a bodybuilder. Uh, I ate 18 pounds of cod a day and, and, and deadlifted 400 pounds. No, I think he was. And Johnny he, he Depp's just acting. gone, look, I'm, uh, I'm this pirate. Uh, I'm a drunk womanizer. I'm going to drink a bottle of rum a day uh, and have sex with strange women. I, I love that Johnny Depp's out falling back on the Stanislavski method when in reality he's just being a massive tool. He is. I, I'm pretty sure Jack Sparrow was actually written for him because it was based on him as a person. When you're that famous, you can just dictate your roles. You're like... Uh, Johnny, they've, uh, there's a script that's arrived on the desk. It's a new pirate movie. Am I a fuckwit? Uh, uh, hey. No, not, not not yet. Make me one. <laughs> what, whatever whatever pays the bills. Liam Neeson is the same old angry guy who's actually really adept at karate. Yeah, so it's incredible. He's, he's experiencing a renaissance, but we'll get back onto track. So uh, what had happened was uh, apparently he would be so late that a production staffer had to be based outside his trailer. And when he got up and turned his light on, uh, the guy would radio the line producer and yell some weird coded shit like, the eagle has landed. <laughs> like the dudes Osama Bin Laden. Yeah. Uh, and they're all coming down on the compound. Uh, apparently when he got to the set, though, he was so nice and charming. Uh, quote, 
he is very yin and yang. I'm like, do they feel like Johnny Depp because he's so, quote, spiritual that they have to use weird, like, Eastern terms to... He's so yin, so spiritual, like, so yin and yang. No, no, he's just drunk. The water, the water. Is, is, that's, I, I, I would love to be called yin and yang when he's I'm water on He's water on the top and fire comes from within. You're <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Mm, he's 12 people. Mm. So rather than denying any uh, of Depp's behaviour, producer Jerry Bruckheim, a very famous producer, I'm sure yep. you've seen his name on uh, many a credit. Yeah, he's the uh, flaming tree, isn't he? He's he the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bruckheimer yeah. tree. If, if you play that game like Gus and I evidently do uh, at the beginning of movies, mm. it's definitely the flaming tree. Yeah, yeah, He's the flaming uh, after tree. After he gets struck by lightning, Love he's it. the flaming tree. So Jerry Flaming Tree Bruckheimer says... Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's his, that's his Native American that is name. That's the most badass name. I want to take that name. I'm, I'm there, but I'm, you're I'm getting rid of Rick City and you can only call me Flaming Tree from now on. You're really ditching a great nickname okay, for I'm an not, even okay, better nickname. Okay, I'm not. No, I'm not, can't I'm not taking all. Flaming Tree. Uh, you're going to be Flaming Tree. Great. So... Bruckheimer says, you don't understand the pressure he was under in Australia. At times, helicopters would follow him home. There would be so many so many media outside his gates that trucks were feeding them, like the media. That's how, that's, so they actually had a catering truck brought oh, in for the media. I'm sorry. Not, I, not Depp's people. They just, like, the media were just like, well, this is, you know, we're going to be here for another 22 hours. I, uh, you know, we need to get some need to get some brisket sandwiches in here. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to level with you. Uh, I just had uh, one of my staff come back from maternity leave and uh, have been listening to her talk about a kid and uh, and then he was watching Cars. Um, I literally Great for a movie. second thought that, uh, that <laughs> in some weird way, literal trucks were feeding the media, <laughs> like actual trucks. My weird thing about Cars is just like, isn't there a baby car in like the sequel? So it's just like how are the cars how having that sex? Yeah, well, and yeah. why does it need to be? Smaller. Is it straight up the exhaust pipe? Or yeah. is that like, that's the different let's, equivalent? Like up the exhaust, no babies? Yeah, let's roll on. All right, fair enough. Well, we'll move on to the <laughs> next thing. It's called Poos in the News. It is the lowest of the lowbrow uh, segments that we have. Um, Poos in the News. I, I've spearheaded this uh, and I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to the grave. Yeah, uh, look, you can... I've been, I've been really happy to go along with pretty much everything that you suggested. You, in you, our, you've in, been happy humouring me, haven't in you? In our podcasting career. Um, I, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with, with how this Set is Set your phases to continually uncomfortable because here comes this instalment of Poos in the News. Now, bless the UK. I don't think we've had a Poos in the News yet outside of their borders. No, because I think that's the only place. that, Aside from third world countries, which I refuse to do Poos in the News on. No, because, I mean, that would that's be... That's tough. That's low-hanging fruit. You don't want to do that. Uh, but this week, it's no different. We're going back to the UK. Uh, it comes from Somerset in England. It is entirely ca- encapsulated in this headline from Somerset Live, which is... Clevedon swimming pool has to close after poo leaks from a child's nappy into water. Mm, that's, what, that's what nappies do, to be, to be brutally frank. No, that's the, the product was made to literally hold uh, liquid solid or liquefied solid. So yeah, I yeah don't but, know. but 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 not when you put it in a pool. Like it, that's that's a really tough ask to go. Great. Uh, so uh, you've manufactured the perfect nappy. Does mm. it work open in a pool? Uh, uh, what you? <laughs> what, uh, what, what do you mean? I didn't realize that was a requirement. Does it does it work open mm. in a pool? We can't give it the Johnsons and God Johnsons. God damn it, man! Am I speaking Chinese? Does it work open in, in a, a pool? pool. Uh, so Answer, th- it doesn't. <laughs> so this kid has gone in and contaminated that water at the Strode Leisure Centre. Fine, right? It, it, it's happened. Uh, the solution, apparently, though, is to drain some of the water and have the area cleaned. Some. <sighs> some of the water. Well, how really? Is sanitation only, is done terribly on, only everywhere. Only some? Yeah. Like, this is liquid shit yep. swimming through liquid. Yep. It, it, that, you can't get a much better carrier of infection. But then again, uh, to be fair, this is a public pool. Most of that liquid is probably piss. Yeah, totally. So, so it's the law of averages, is it not? Yeah. I, what do we think? It's seventy percent piss. I, I I think that it probably would. You can you can tell generally by how much it smells like chlorine. Like if a public mm. pool smells like a, uh, a an office block cleaner has just come through and doused everything in bleach. Industrial gu- grade <laughs> you, you, stuff. You're guaranteed that it's probably 70% waste. No, absolutely. And uh, that 
on that note, uh, uh, we are going to uh, throw the bleach on this segment uh, and <laughs> move on. Uh, move oh, on. We, uh, I just realised we didn't vote in Trainwork Trophy. We sure didn't. Nope. Uh, Here I, comes the <laughs> next segment. We're, which, we're super professional. If you don't like it, then please keep listening because we need your support. We <laughs> absolutely need your support. Speaking of support, Ajita's Veggie Deli Crisps. <laughs> I've been eating your stuff this whole podcast. I literally cannot get enough. Send us some more chips for our podcast yeah, and re- we'll keep giving you a shout out. Am I, am I being... Too too corporate based here. Am, am no, I am fine. I selling out here? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You're 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 totally fine. I mean, to be fair, you're a man who can't have carbs, and so your exactly. your range of snacks is mm. unbelievably narrow. It's there's so only there's only about three things that you can have, and two of them are licking the dust off the inside of the studio. The other <laughs> one <laughs> is a Judas Veggie Deli Crisps. Absolutely. Um, uh, anyway, I'm going to vote in Trainwreck Trophy. Oh uh, um, yeah, sorry, um, we, 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 we were meant. That's the sorry. second time that yeah, we no, haven't done. Oh it. my god. Yep. Yeah, so sorry. What what we did have, and I'm yeah. Jeez. It, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm off tonight. So we have Chloe Latanz. We have Olivia Newton-John's daughter. Uh, she, she's gone on about her equestrian-based uh, clothing line, Larry yep. Amda. She's going to share it with him if, if they do win. Yep. Uh, we had Grimmers announcing that the uh, the Queen had uh, had given up on public <laughs> life. Uh, and we had Johnny Depp, uh, who's uh, been boozing and showing up late. Uh, being called a train wreck by uh, the crew who are now coming out of the woodwork on the Pirates of the Caribbean flick. Who are you going to give it to? Awesome. Uh, uh, 50% because uh, it is amazing and really should, should be doing better, but uh, also 50% because every time you said Grimmers, I thought of Grimace, the McDonald's purple <laughs> slob character, <laughs> which made me smile quite immensely. <laughs> so uh, Tracy Grimshaw or Grimace yes. uh, will get the train <laughs> yes. trophy. Yes, Grimace. Oh, so you've won. I think that's probably our first Australian train wreck trophy. That she's done, a, she's done really well. Uh, good on you, Grimmers. Well done. Your first train, re- train wreck trophy of what I assume <laughs> is going to be a whole lot of them. <laughs> Just a sackful. Uh, over the course of this podcast, please wear a purple top on your next gig. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, so now we jump forward a segment. We've uh, we've vaulted over the sewer that is uh, uh, poos <laughs> in the, in the news. news. Which you are way too delighted about, by the way. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to move straight on uh, to One Star Reservoir. Yeah. So One Star Reservoir is our segment where uh, we go through all of the review sites everywhere that uh, that peer-to-peer uh, review uh, reviews can be left. And we find uh, a couple of the best, uh, funniest, most scathing uh, and just downright illegible uh, reviews that we can. Mm. So what do you got this week? Oh, it's... It's so good. I, I love this segment, and I'm so glad uh, that you came up with it uh, because I'm literally, whenever I'm researching, I'm just chuckling like an idiot in the dark. Uh, <laughs> and, and actually, one of the best parts of the segment is the theme song. So let's play that. <laughs> you! I want to take you to a one star! I want to take you to a one star! I want to take you to a one star! One star! Reservoir! What? Yes, we I are, love we it. We are dominating this week. I love this. We, <laughs> we are dominating this week. No wonder you're drinking that Red Bull before we even started. I'm opening this other beer. If you could just uh, pop the top off that while we're uh, absolutely that. Uh, for anyone that wants to uh, that is wondering what we do during the podcast, uh, it is uh, drink beers and eat uh, once again. Ajita's veggie, veggie deli, deli crisps. Ajita's. It could also be Ajita's. I'm not sure, but we're going to move on. The first uh, One Star Reservoir, uh, it's titled, Do Not Waste Your Money Here. Great. Me and my girlfriend stayed here for one night on her birthday. We stayed in two other four-star hotels previous to this night, and this one was a complete joke. They gave us a disabled room with handrails around the toilet. No bath either, just a room with a shower head. Hardly a happy birthday moment. (laughs) After moaning at them, they moved us to a room with two single beds. Hardly romantic. I, th- if, I then moved the beds together but found my lower body disappearing between the crack in the bed every time I moved <laughs> towards my girlfriend. Oh, I've, I know exactly how that feels. I also know that pain. The heating didn't work. It was blowing cold air all night. Even though I got up twice to turn it off, it somehow turned itself back on. <laughs> we both felt ill when we woke up. 
Even my high volume of bodily gases was not enough to fill the room with sufficient heat. Oh, my God. I purposely aimed to release as much methane as possible just to get one over on the hotel, but it must have been absorbed by the curtains. <laughs> what? Really took a bizarre gassy turn at the end there. Yeah, that's, that's a really front foot... I think that that's probably one of the few skating reviews where the hotel actually comes out of that pretty clean. Yeah, pretty clean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, apart from that one room, which is now filled with farts. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, we are putting you in our fart suite. Sorry, I <laughs> didn't mean to say that. The uh, Eleanor Roosevelt suite. Yeah, the the flatulence moon suite. Mm. Um, yeah, what's the second? Next one. Uh, Christmas and New Year 2012, awful time. I like these. Uh, any headline that really just rams at home at the start, it, it, it goes back to our uh, to our first ever one. There was poo in the kettle. <laughs> the, <laughs> the best the best thing about the titles, right, is that you know that they're so filled with rage that a lot of it doesn't adhere to the rules of punctuation or grammar. No, uh, you're and just like this one is literally Exodus and New Year 2012 awful time. Great. It's just like, what? Tell me this is from Penrith again. Uh, I wish it was. Uh, It's from New York City. Well, let's start the day. We arrived our first night sitting on the outside pool area having a drink and unwinding from our travel. We got spewed upon by someone from their balcony. (laughs) (laughs) That's really hard. You've got to really angle it in. (laughs) The staff did nothing to reassure us, just asked if we knew where it came from. Lucky enough, it missed it missed our heads, but covered our table, landed in our drinks, and splattered on my partner's legs and my handbag. Not a good start. This was left till morning to be cleaned up, so everyone had to sit at other tables with the sick and smell there all night. We didn't get sleep for five nights due to rowdy folks arguing, slamming doors and kicking doors and shouting foul language till about 3am echoing in the corridors. Then we had a streaker who lost his keys. Lol. That's literally in there. Lol. That's amazing. Then someone did it. <laughs> then someone did a number two in the lift. <laughs> it's the Welsh guy. <laughs> it is. Yes. Ew. <laughs> Which was left till morning for the cleaners. <laughs> then one night someone decided to spit from their balcony onto people. Another night, someone had a flood which poured out onto people sitting at the pool area tables and they got soaked. I really do feel sorry for the cleaners. Although saying that their cleaning standards of rooms were not up to much, that doesn't make sense. We wrote our date in the dust of the balcony rail when we arrived. And it was still there when we left two weeks later (laughs) and did the same on the fridge. They stayed for two weeks? Why would you? That's insane. No wonder. This is like, this is a prisoner of war diary. It's insane. Entertainment for this time of year was awful. Ballet for New Year? No fireworks. Just the grapes and a bag with hat, tutors, mask and streamers. The meals were okay, but saying that I had a... But saying that, I had a touch of food poisoning for three days. I'm surprised that it's only a touch. This place sounds like Alcatraz. <laughs> we, weirdly enough, we did have a Freddie Mercury tribute night, and my God, he was awful. <laughs> <laughs> he was that bad that we left after his first song. Bingo was played with cocktail sticks and prizes were 20% off drinks in the nightclub. We were... Al found, uh, or ill found, I don't know what they're going for here, that we had to pay for jacuzzis, which they've spelt jacuzzis, on roof, which were freezing, and had to pay for remote control for TV and for air conditioning. Hold also, on, hold, hold on. They, this is New Year's in New York, right? This is what, what it's what, yeah. How are they getting in a jacuzzi on the roof? It must be two degrees. I don't know. Also had to pay for the free Wi-Fi, which is a rip-off. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I don't know how that makes the list. I don't know how... Because someone how spewed ma- in their drink and then Freddie Mercury basically took a shit on their table. But <laughs> the free Wi-Fi being charged for, I guess, is okay. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and then we'll, we'll move on We'll move on to the final one. Uh, Grim Up North. Is so the this is the third review. This is the third review. Yeah. Where do I start? Well, positives. Next... <laughs> Next to the number one bingo hall in Blackpool, Las Vegas. Oh, I don't know whether it's Blackpool was, or it's Las Vegas. Like, yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't think I don't know there is a Blackpool in Las Vegas. But uh, yeah. And I am afraid that's where the fun ends with this place. Steeped through the door to a wall of smell. 
We came with the money agreed and he asked for £20 each for a deposit. Needless to say, we are, we are 16 big fellas and we did not agree to his demands. Anyway, we were, going, we were a group of lads on stag, like a bucks. So it would I take, can already tell you that this is not the hotel's fault. So it would take more than a bad smell to put us off. Me and three other boys were put in a room for four people, uh, which consisted or consited, if you're looking at the spelling, yep. of a bunk bed and a double. So it looks like me and me mate were spooning for the weekend. They're on a stag night. They're not sleepy anyway. Yeah. Carpet was as filthy as Dirty Den and had the gippers exposed. Sink was coming off the wall and walls were covered in blood and sick. What oh. is it with England and blood on the wall? Once again, why why are people smearing it on? And why is the public <laughs> not removing it? I it, don't this know. is a Mexican standoff uh, where no one wins. It's the worst. Uh, looking through the drawers, there was evidence of drug taking with empty bags covered in a white substance. Having only seen drugs on the telly, I presume this is what it was. I made a complaint about this. He said sorry and asked if I wanted any drugs. <laughs> oh, yes. In which case he would make a phone call. <laughs> to, to be fair, there have been many bucks What do you parties want from this in, man? There have been many He's bucks taking parties you in, in history. You're a fucking bucks party. He's putting you up. There's maybe a little blood on the wall and he's offering you drugs. That is a gracious host. And and to be fair, I think that what he's done is uh, that he has pre-blooded your walls so that you don't feel as crap when uh, you come in absolutely belted and put your head through a closet. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, nah, fellas, this is whatever you want. Yeah. Do you want Molly? I'll yeah. get you Molly. I'll okay, make one. I'll get you you front, front row seats? I'll get it. It gets better. Having had a long drive, I decided to take a shower. I managed to get a cold trickle out of the hose, but not enough to wash my hair. Makes me feel like he's pissing, but go on. For this, I had to get on my knees and place my head under the taps at knee level. Oh, no, that's very degrading. Having not <laughs> realised... like bottom shelf shit. Having not realised the lock was broken, I turned around to find the owner <laughs> staring at me, smiling. I swore at him and he ran out. <laughs> um, I just came to see if you wanted any drugs in your butt. <laughs> If you wanted drugs or anything else in your butt, okay. anything. I'm at the front desk. As I came out, he was at the bottom of the stairs. He shouted up saying I was a big boy, both in body and girth. Oh, my God. He then went on to offer me drugs again. So, so our whiteboard currently has two in the uh, exclusive being offered drugs by hotel owner yeah. column. Uh, so he went on to offer me drugs again, steroids this time. <laughs> I said I don't oh do. Ste- I said I don't do steroids. It's five hours in a gym each day that keeps me like this. In my friend's room, the wallpaper was coming off the walls and looked like it had been burnt. <laughs> The lock was broken on his door and everything broken. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we we went out and to give it its dues, it's close to everything. <laughs> and we made sure we got hammered so he wouldn't be able to sleep. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. Oh, what? Thank the good Lord above for this uh, amazing, uh, amazing segment. That's the greatest. Oh, that last one is absolute all time. That has to be. That is so good. Oh. I read that and I was like, what <laughs> is this? How, how persistent do you have to... Like, you're just phoning it in as a hotel owner by that point. You're Absolutely. Like, well, you know what? You should have known when you saw the blood that I was probably going <laughs> to offer you drugs twice, mostly when you were naked. <laughs> yeah, the blood on the walls... Uh, came from a guy who I gave drugs in his butt, so. <laughs> it's like a shotgun blast. Anyway, that's uh, on that note, uh, we are going to uh, get that industrial-grade bleach again and try to get rid of that blood off the walls that was the one-star reservoir for this week. Best. And we are going to move on to the shit show spotlight for this week. So with this segment, uh, one of us is going to go in-depth uh, into what Gus uh, was having a chat about at the start of the podcast. Uh, those moments where the best laid plans of, of mice and men and the best intentions uh, often go astray and the wheels come off. Gus, what have you got for us this week? Mate, I'm really, really excited. Uh, this, is, this is one that 
um, that I have have been sitting on, and I'm like, you know what, it's 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 time. But once once we started the show, I was like, this is going to be my first cab off the rank. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to I want to start off by uh, by saying that uh, this story involves two things. Okay, it involves uh, two central themes. One of them is uh, the <laughs> illustrious musical style of disco, yeah. and the other is America's pastime baseball. What? Okay, have you ever heard of Disco Demolition Night? I don't know, but I imagine it is a huge gimmick. Okay, so I'm just gonna just gonna give you brief brief rundown. As you know, I've got a uh, a, a degree in music, so I'm not gonna. I uh, do know that you remind me of it every time we go out for a beer. Absolutely. Also, because uh, I'm constantly giving you little musical tidbits, like uh, the origins of disco. It's, yeah. It's Latin American music and rhythms uh, combined with African American uh, uh, mm. rhythms and instrumentation. So, started in New York in the '70s, imported. Got massive Saturday Night Fever um, was Abba. yep uh, Village People. It's just like it became a huge, huge phenomenon, phenomenon yeah. in mm. America, especially uh, to the point where up to that up to that stage, rock was the the predominant musical form. Absolutely. Then disco came in, and it was just taking world by storm in three major demographics: yep. Latinos, mm-hmm. African Americans, mm-hmm. and the LGBT community. So mm. Chicago was uh, at this point uh, had a massive Chicago the city or the band Chicago the city just needed to make sure yep. please please go <laughs> because on. that would have been a great segue for disco yeah um, but uh, Chicago the city massive white population uh, and also a at, at this point as far as uh, mm. as far as the rock uh, side went really really vehement uh, opponents of disco mm-hmm. and so. At this at this stage, there was a, a DJ called Steve Dahl who was on uh, on a radio station called Loop ninety eight, and he was the proponent, major proponent of the anti disco movement. So he would basically start playing at the top of his show. He was like the original shock jock. It's like pre yeah. Howard Stern or yeah. uh, Carl Sandilands if you're an Aussie. He would basically get a disco record at the top of his show, drag a knife or a needle across it while it's playing destroy it and then be like disco sucks and that would be how every show starts so he's pretty front foot with it same time uh chicago white Sox. so chicago's got two baseball teams obviously uh the white Sox have always been not as as well uh thought of as the like the uh, the, the the Cubs just won yep. for the first time in, in ages, but people have always been like a hundred years. Yeah, more in, more into the Cubs. Um, if yep. they're it's like the Cubs with the affluent one and the White Sox with the blue collar one. Anyway, yep. yep. So White Sox in this is nineteen seventy nine. Okay, the White Sox sucked. They were just yep. awful that year. I can believe it. And the guy who owned the White Sox was called Bill Vick. He basically was. Uh, he owned he owned the franchise because. Uh, he he wasn't that into baseball per se, but he was really into people. And so he would start off every every year by being like, sending a letter out going, doesn't matter whether we win or lose, I guarantee you'll have a great time at Chicago White Sox games this year. That's a pretty good way to look at things. It, uh, that, that, that's like uh, that's like the, the the dad way of running a business. Yeah, uh, I remember. You know, look, it's it's not it's not about winning. It's not about losing. My dad would say, you know, you just want to go out there and have fun. I'm like, dad. It's all I mean, about the, winning. Um, we're, we're, we're in the under tens <laughs> and we're fucking undefeated, yeah. and we're going to win this grand final. And my dad was like, "Who are you?" And see, that's the that's the attitude in, in under tens. When you're in professional sport, it's pretty important that you think that winning is a is a really major uh, absolutely KPI for your organization. Yeah. Anyway, so he was the guy. He came. Uh, uh, he'd owned a bunch of baseball teams before the uh, before the White Sox. Yeah. But he came to Chicago and he's like, "Great." First thing I'm doing is getting uh, is and this is like early seventies is making a scoreboard that explodes every time they hit a home run. So people were like, "This is the best." What? So he installed fireworks and and uh, and like massive loudspeakers into the scoreboard, and every time they hit a home run, he just blew money because all these fireworks would go off, and people were like, "Oh, this is the greatest thing ever." Yeah, right. So he attracted a certain type of of fan, um, and then his like like a NASCAR type yeah, fan, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I came here for the fire. <laughs> you're gonna know how right that is in about five minutes' time. So his son Mike joins the White Sox in '78 uh, as they're heading up their promotions department. Okay, nepotism at its finest. Basically, Mike Vec and Steve Dahl are mates, and yep. uh, and they start chatting. 
And uh, and Steve suggests to Mike that a great way to get more fans to the White Sox in this year where they're doing terribly is that they should uh, they should do a uh, a disc, disco demolition night because years earlier they'd done a disco night at the White Sox, right? Um, and, and and people have been like, "This is awful. Why'd you do this?" Yeah. So he's like, "You can regain ground and get people to extra, and get extra people, people on side, yeah, uh, by having a disco demolition night yeah. where people bring a disco record to the ground." Uh, and they get cheaper admission, it's, it's, a, a, admission yeah. that way, and then uh, and then we it's, it's, we destroy it's, it's a book the record. It's yeah. a book burning, totally. Yeah. So Mike Vex gone. Cool. There's a double header coming up. <laughs> so he, he hasn't thought about this and gone. Okay, um, maybe I should think about the risk assessment here. He's gone. Great. Double header coming up uh, between us and Detroit Tigers. Yeah. So what we'll do is because the radio station was ninety seven point nine, we'll charge everyone ninety eight cents a ticket. Which is the equivalent of three fifty now, yeah, and, right. And we'll charge beers at ninety cents, which is like three dollars oh, twenty. Oh my god! And, and we'll and everyone that brings the uh, that brings a record can can get in for that price. And then in between the two games, in the innings, uh, in the the break between them, intermission, yeah, uh, we will not burn the records. We will blow them up with fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> so this this concept is so poorly thought through yeah. but at the same time they've this this radio station gets behind it they're expecting 5000 people yeah they get 70000 people holy shit <laughs> they get <laughs> There's there's footage of this, and if you get a chance, look at Disco Demolition Night. There's footage of people scaling a stadium wall and climbing in through windows and shit. It's (laughs) unbelievable. So so anyway, so everyone comes in. The gates open hours before the first pitch of the first game. Yeah. And it doesn't take long of people having 90-cent beers to realise that vinyls are basically just giant frisbees. Yeah, I was just about to say, they're flying discs. They're flying discs. It's so close to Mega Disc. Flying mega disc. <laughs> so so flying mega disc. So it's in the it's in the first the first game and the players are getting a little bit uneasy because everybody in there is absolutely hammered. Trolley, yeah. <laughs> They're mostly teenagers who haven't ever been to the baseball who just hate disco, who are there brandishing records drunk pegging them at baseballers because oh, they don't go to the no. baseball and they hate the White Sox. Yeah. So they've, they've basically, the White Sox have inadvertently created a game where uh, all of their enemies are there who happen to also hate disco <laughs> and are only there because they get to blow up records. <laughs> so That's so all, good. All these kids from the south of, of, of Chicago are there. Just really rough. Uh, so there's all these interviews with outfielders who are like, uh, yeah, during the second innings of the first game, uh, I felt a vinyl go a mi- millimeter away from my face, and so uh, that was when I knew it wasn't going to be a good night. It's like oh. that of game one. There's a baseball already goes forever. Yeah, absolutely. there's nine innings times two. So boring. Uh, it goes forever, and if it's there's no draws. If it's drawn, you just got to keep playing till there's a result. And there's two of those games with an hour in between them. So. Steve Dahl drives into... There's one thing you don't need in this scenario. Yeah. It's a Che Guevara-style vigilante, <laughs> which is what this guy became. He drives into the stadium in a Jeep with a, like a, with an army hat on and, uh, and starts revving the crowd up on a microphone, being like, <laughs> being like, all right, we collected up all of your records. We're going to blow them up real good. We killed Disco tonight. <laughs> Like he's just going, taking the he's fight, just going off straight yeah. to the enemy, and they they pan over to uh, to this dumpster in the middle of the field, and this is in between. This is like they're going to play baseball on this on field this field yeah. in about half That's an what hour. I was thinking. And I was like, no one, what? no one thought about what was going to happen here. So it's a it's a a, a skip. It's yeah. a dumpster filled with in the middle records. of this pristine field. Yeah, in, yeah. in in the middle of Comiskey Park. And it's filled with explosives. So basically, he he g's them up. He's he's like he's like, give me a count. It's three, two, yeah. one. Blows a crater in the middle of this baseball field. Like takes a big chunk out of the middle of it. And that's when like the the ground staff are just going fuck. <laughs> What is happening? The players are there watching, just going, we, uh, we can't play on that. What is what is this? We can't play on that. Steve Dahl, then like a retiring footballer at the AFL Grand Final, does a victory lap in his Jeep. 
as thick as a farce. And, and, and that's when the pitches start warming up uh, for the next game. So the pitches are out there on the mound warming up. Steve Dahl's Jeep uh, pisses off. And then three people, three fans jump the fence uh, and run into the middle of the field and, like, slide into second base. <laughs> and none of the security do anything because what? they're currently watching the gates trying to stop uh, more people coming in. Of course, in. yeah. When nothing happens, uh, 5,000 people <laughs> storm the field. <laughs> and, and by storm the field, I mean, like, they, they slide down the foul posts. What? They, they grab the dugout and they drag it into the middle of the field and set it on fire. Like, they go absolutely animalistic. And, uh, and so <laughs> people are brandishing bits of seat. Knives? And just... Uh, Shivs? Well, basically, vinyls, when they're broken, become knives. Mm. So people are just grabbing stuff, if fighting, you, creating so, fires in the middle of the field, creating fires in the stands. So if, they've, if they're, they're getting these, these shards... Of, uh, of of broken vinyl, and yeah. Like throwing them around, like some sort of flying mega knife. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it would be as close as you could get if there were such a thing to a flying mega knife. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, there's thousands of people in the field, um, and these are some of the things that were happening. Um, people have dragged parts of the stands in the outfield, and they made a bonfire. Uh, there's multiple fires in the stands. Uh, someone pulled down all of the padding around the around the ground. Uh, Why? S- stacked stacked it up uh, in in a pile on second base and set it alight. Oh. Uh, pe- people are pegging flaming pieces of vinyl back into the crowd. Like so, these oh. have gone from uh, from uh, flying discs to flying fire discs, yeah. which is the only way to level up a flying disc. <laughs> yeah. And then two people are just fucking behind third base. Just, you know, just on the field. Yeah, just just it's anarchy. <laughs> so two people two people have seen all of this and gone, Oh, we got the fire back. <laughs> just going for it. And and this is all before a second game is supposed to be played. So Bill Vick Oh god, second game? Yeah. Shit, I totally forgot. It's a, it's a double header and they're only halfway. So everyone's oh been drinking for about god. five hours. And and Bill Vick, instead of looking at this and going, we are done here. We need to get everyone out of uh, out of here. Uh, let's just abandon the game. Jumps on the mic. Please exit the field, or we'll have to call off the game, which no one gives a single a fuck about. about. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the ground ground announcer um, uh, Harry Carey. Uh, Harry ju- Carey. Harry he jumps on and, and he and everyone loves this guy. Like Chicago, oh, I know, I know, I yeah, know yeah. Harry Carey. Yeah. yeah. He's like, holy cow! And the crowd cheers. What say we all regain our seats and we can play baseball again? The crowd screams no at him and keeps doing what they're doing. <laughs> It's like thousands. Hey, of... hey, who wants to play some baseball? <laughs> no. Okay, I tried my hardest. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> they, they then, in the Detroit Tigers dugout, three teenagers are sitting in there <laughs> drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels that they brought in because at this point there was just no security oh left at all. God. Um, and the coach of the Detroit Tigers comes over and is like, son, give me that bottle. And the, the the kid hands it over. The coach swigs from it and he's like, now, son, get the fuck out of my dugout. <laughs> That's so awesome. Like, this guy is the is coldest baller. bastard you're ever. As, you're as cold as ice. Ah, oh, so good. He's, ju- he's just literally gone, mm, I don't care if Rome burns tonight. <laughs> I don't want any teenagers drinking in my dugout. I'll be the only one drinking in this dugout. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that goddamn bottle. <laughs> so anyway, so Bill Vick and Harry, the, by this point, it's like half an hour. So it, it, if you imagine how much damage can be done if someone runs onto a football field and streaks and uh, and they were somehow setting shit alight the entire time. Like we, we've seen streakers at the cricket and the footy. Absolutely. It's all over in like 40 seconds. Why does that always happen when you and I are at a game together? Well, it's like I just disappear for a bit and come back with a $7,000 <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, but that's 40 seconds, like tops. That someone can evade security. Yeah, this is half an hour of people oh looting and God. pillaging and throwing f- mega fire discs back into the yeah. crowd. Uh, so Bill Veck and, and uh, Harry Carey are trying literally anything at this point, and so it's, you if you have to watch the footage of this. They've to. decided that the best thing to do is to get the crowd back into the stands by playing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" while over the loudspeakers while Bill Veck sings along to it. 
Oh my it, god. And the footage literally looks like an old white guy doing karaoke in the middle of a riot. <laughs> <laughs> so is he down there in the field? He's on the field with with a mic, <laughs> just just singing while you see people running past him, just like <laughs> hitting each other and stealing <laughs> shit. Some someone's taken home plate and it's on fire. Like <laughs> <laughs> everything, so, and, everything and is awesome. Please tell me that. Needless to say, this is not working. This this old man karaoke. So obviously it does not work. Awesome. The, the only thing that stops this from just continuing to this very day is that the cops, which I imagine were uh, just, I don't know why they weren't at the game, but every <laughs> yeah. every baseball story gone wrong that I read, the cops are just going, oh, well, I mean, if they need us, we'll uh, be downtown. I um, guess we'll go. We'll go. So they rock up in riot gear and they just start inflicting street justice on anyone oh, that they can reach. Shit. So there's just they flood the field and people just scarper. They're just out of there. So heaps of thousands and thousands and thousands of people leave. Like tens of thousands of people yeah. just stream out. They're like, yeah. no, nope, none of this. Yeah. Uh oh, come on man, I was just setting fire to home plates. <laughs> fucking was, you fucking narc. I'm, I was just making love to my woman behind third base. <laughs> what do you want? Is making love a crime. <laughs> so all these people leave. The cops have basically uh, run in like uh, it's it's the Redfern riots and decided to start inflicting street justice. And uh, yeah. and then from there, the ground staff and Bill Vick don't see that this uh, napalm that has just been thrown yeah. onto the field and the crater that looks like it's uh, it's been inflicted by a comet yeah. on, on center center field. Uh, is going to be a problem, and start laying the lines for the second game. No. Yeah. yeah what? These, these guys, so the ground staff come out. Do not tell me <laughs> that another bloody baseball game was played on this field. So they do everything they can to prep for the second game, yeah. and there's just like all these reports. The Detroit pitcher uh, has gone out there, and and like they're, they're, they're like, look, we're going to try and make the most of this, because Detroit flogged Chicago right. and, uh, in the first game. And and so, uh, or by flogged, it was like 4-1, but at the same time in baseball, it's pretty much flogging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's gone out there to start warming up, steps on a piece of glass, which goes straight through his shoe. It's like, oh. Yeah, they, they were going... This is not. This isn't safe for a bar, <laughs> let alone for a for a professional for sporting a major match. league baseball match. Yeah. yeah. So basically, Vec has to jump on the mic and and tell everybody that because everything looked like a war zone and yeah. there was still there was a an actual divot in the middle of the field that the game could not be played and it is to this day known as one of the most ill thought out sporting promotions in history. Awesome. And that, my friend, is uh, is the shit show story time. Ah, fantastic! Thanks so much, Gus. Guys, that's us for another week. But if you want to get in touch with us uh, and you want to share with us uh, your train wrecks of the week, if you if you find something that's uh, that's worth us covering, uh, or you have a, a certain shit show spotlight or a category that you'd like us to uh, to cover, please get in touch with us. Uh, we'll be on Facebook. Uh, on Shit Show, uh, if you search Shit Show, uh, or you can send us a an email yep. at shitshow.au at gmail.com. Until next week. Thanks, guys. Sayonara. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-